0: Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Natasha Thomas. Natasha is the manager of people and culture at Curate Partners. She studied at Sunny Fredonia, majoring in psychology and minoring in sociology, and currently resides in the north end of Boston, Massachusetts. With over a decade of IT industry experience, Natasha is passionate about building programs and opportunities to support people of all backgrounds in achieving their career ambitions. A major focus in her current role is expanding DEI and B initiatives for internal and external employees and clients. Welcome to the show, Natasha. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Jennifer, and appreciate you taking the time to listen to me and share some ideas today.
0: Of course. I'm excited about it. So, Natasha, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today?
1: Absolutely. I would say it's actually a pretty interesting journey um, when I think back, and it really all leads back to networking when I really look at it. I was thinking about just my career progression um, over the past year, actually, and realized that every single job that I've had, I actually got through someone in my network. So I started out my career in retail sales, and then I um, kind of worked my way up in the industry there, and then ended up kind of looking back and saying, like, what do I want to do next? And at that time, someone that I had worked with in retail sales with, I went to lunch and she said, I think you'd really do well at my company. And I said, At the time, it was IT recruiting. And I said, I literally know nothing about IT recruiting, I literally can barely sync my email to my phone. So I don't think I'm the right person for this kind of job. And Mm -hmm. she really said that it all leads back to being able to build relationships. And she said, I know that you're really good at building relationships. So I think this could be a role that you would really excel in. So at the time, I kind of took some time to think about it and then figured I'd, give give it a whirl. And uh-huh. so I started in IT recruiting in 2010 and really has kind of catapulted to me to where I am now. But I think the thing that I really learned in starting in this career is that it really is all about building relationships. And it's really about being open to learning. I've learned so many different things that I never thought I would know or understand about technology. I never thought I'd be able to have a conversation with a Java developer and actually know what they were talking about. (laughs) And kind of expanding forward, I've always known that I wanted to work with people and be able to impact people's lives. So that kind of got me to where I am now at Curate, where I'm working as a manager of people and culture and really looking at how I can not only impact our internal team, but our consultants, as well as the clients we're working with to make sure that they're having the best experience and feeling that their voices are heard and feeling that they work with and for a co- company that like truly does care. That's great.
0: Wow. You know, I was thinking when you first said, uh, I knew nothing about IT and they are offering you IT recruiting position. Many people have started that way in IT. A lot of them can't spell IT <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so so that was a great start for you and I'm glad you know you had the inspiration of somebody that saw the value of your relationships and relationship building. Um, to really make that difference, because that is the connector for everything. It's the relationships, it's your network, it's all the things you've said. So that's really, really awesome that you just plunged in with both feet and built that confidence to say yes, because a lot of women don't do that. And then they wonder what if, you know, so I'm so glad you did take that plunge. And I love that you're open to learning, because, you know, I really figured Continuous learning is where life is. If you're not continuously learning, you're dead, basically. So, you know, and now with information at our fingertips, it's so easy to learn on a daily basis informally. So that's great. Great job.
1: I mean, I'll tell you, it definitely wasn't that first year was probably one of the hardest years when I like look, look back, uh-huh. like it was definitely, um, I, I look back and I say the hardest things was studying for my SHRM exam, which mm-hmm. I passed this February and my first year to two years of recruiting, because it really is relearning the way you learn. Right. And I think that when you've been out of school and you're used to just kind of like, I was someone who crammed for things, but when you're used to studying a certain way and you realize that as an adult, you just learn very differently. For me, it was really like looking at how do I learn, but also truly having supportive people who were there encouraging me. Because there were definitely a lot of times where I didn't understand things. I didn't understand the questions people were asking me. And it could be very frustrating, especially since I was at that time, like late in my twenties. So I had already like started my career and kind of starting again, it can be very scary, but I think that you, when you have people who are there to support you, it truly does make all the difference in the world.
0: Yeah, that's so true. The
1: support, the mentorship, the uh, collaboration
0: is so important, but you know, it is not easy. It's not, not simple that just because you said yes, everything fell into place. That doesn't happen. You are strong, you are confident, and you took those first steps to get you there. So really proud of you. Thank you very much. So at Curate Partners, you believe that everyone deserves equal access to great opportunities. What processes have you put in place to ensure this happens? Because sometimes it's a checkbox, you know, that somebody checks rather than really putting the the executing part into the process. So what have you done to
1: make sure that this happens? I think first and foremost at Curate Partners, it's really just making sure that everyone Knows that their voices are heard. So, Uh really making sure that we are listening to what our not only internal employees want, but what our consultants are looking for, and also making sure that we're hearing what's going on in the local community. So, we've partnered with organizations like Dress for Success and Work Without Limits to understand kind of our local market and what's going on out there for people who maybe don't have the accessibility, but then also in looking at Our organization, understanding that women want to continue in their careers, but a lot of times that might be a little bit harder because the They also have to, a lot of times, they're the person who has to have the job that is more flexible in the household, especially if you're in a two-family household. It may be that if your child is sick or something happens, you're the person who may have to stay home. And I've actually had this conversation with a lot of my friends as we've gotten older and we are career-oriented people who are still, you know, want to be there for our families. And I think for us, it's that accessibility means like, being patient but also being able to look at someone else's predicament and not make a judgment but say how can I help you with that or what can we do to make sure that you feel comfortable being able to feel great about your career but feel great about what you need to do for your family and that goes across genders in our organization um I think for us it's looking at what does that mean for each person like because there are people who have families and there are people who don't, but they sell things that are important to them. So making sure that they know that their career path and what they want to do with their career, there's no limit to what they can accomplish because they, there's nothing holding them back. Like I think I like to think in life, sometimes we're the people who hold ourselves back because mm-hmm. we think that that opportunity may not be there. But when you're able to voice and feel comfortable in an environment where you can voice, like, here's what I want to do, but maybe I'm not sure how to get there. So can we talk through how we can get there? And I know for even myself coming in to curate partners. We I had a lot of conversations with the co-founders and the CEO when I started in terms of like, what did I want my career to be and where did I want it to go? And when I started, there wasn't a necessarily defined position of what I was going to be coming into. We had a lot of conversations and we figured out like, what, did, what does it look like for me? So I think each person coming into our organization feels that same level of comfort of what do you want to be and where do you want to go? And then how do we get there together? How do we make it that it's not just you feeling like you have that weight on your shoulders to get through get through, and find it, but how does it feel when you have an entire organization of people who are helping push you there to get where you need to be, but also being supportive along the way when you might fall? And I think that's why when we look at organizations that we partner with outside of our company, Dress for Success is one that like really is impactful because you're looking at women who are getting back into their career and figuring out what's going to work best for them and how do they get there and how do they – prepare their resumes? How do they prepare for an interview? How do they know the right questions to ask or even how to negotiate for a great salary for themselves? And on the other hand, looking at work without limits, which works with individuals with disabilities, like how do we get past that? How do we look at what people are able to do as opposed to like what they may not be able to do? And I think for us, looking at accessibility is really looking at how do we help create the path and how do we walk down that path with someone and not just you know push them along and hope that everything works out that
0: is so awesome you said so many great things um you know some of your best practices are inclusion everyone is different so you need to cater to different voices and different thought processes which is so important and then you expanded your reach so you added partners that are focused on underserved communities or women or people with disabilities, that's amazing that, that you've actually expanded that reach and not just done the same things you do every day and expect different results. So I think that's really good. And having a team that has your back, I think, is so, so critical because then you don't You don't worry as much for perfection, but if you fall, you know somebody is going to pick you up and you know you're going to be able to move forward. So I think those are really, really great um, processes that you've put in place to ensure that, you know, everybody has access to opportunities, which is awesome. Now, do you focus at Curate? Do you only focus on IT jobs or
1: do you do other jobs as well? Our main focus is within information technology, specifically within digital transformation. But we are also always hiring for our internal staff, too. So we look at when we are partnering with organizations, like, do we have an opportunity in our operations team? Do we have an opportunity in our finance team? I am, you know, an HR team of one now, but that's going to expand. So for us, uh-huh. it's not only looking at our external clients, but also who do we meet or have we met that actually could end up being someone who would be a great part of our team? And I think that, again, goes back to networking. I would say a majority of the people who have come into our organization, even within the past year and a half, have all been referrals from someone's network, which I think Mm -hmm. says a lot. But I also think that with that being said, we still want to reach out and have a network of people who are not maybe the same as everyone who's working in our organization. So looking at even, we're building out an internship program and looking at that and how do we partner with different colleges and how do we attract different individuals because truly a lot of people don't know what recruiting is. Like we, I always joke that and a lot of people in the industry will joke that no one goes to school for recruiting. It's not like a major. So how do we, you know, get that next generation to understand what this job Mm -hmm. is and the kind of the possibilities that you can have in your life from starting in a role in recruiting. So I think for us now, that's something where, as we're building out our internship program, we're looking at, okay, not only the business programs in schools, but what about people in psychology? What about people in marketing? Because those are all areas that you can see people come out of those majors and be very successful in recruiting. But also, we have a great marketing department. And we are, we've are we had an intern now in our department for two years who we are hopeful we're going to be able to bring on to our team. So it's like, if you can kind of expand out and then bring people in to find their passion and what they want to do and what they're excited about, it kind of will become full circle. And then it also gives us the opportunity to promote from within. That's amazing. Yeah. We should talk
0: sometime offline about the internship program because I've done a few with women in, in IT. And so then it prepares them for a different job. So we should, you know, talk about how, Uh, We can combine our networks and our um, relationships to build uh, the future. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, so I love this. Care and compassion are also values that you focus on for your people. Can you share some examples?
1: Absolutely. I think um, when our founders started our organization, their biggest thing was people first they're uh, everything that we kind of foundation built upon comes from being a people first organization so I think anyone coming in really feels like they're joining a family from day one I think uh-huh. that in terms of just small things when I started I started during the pandemic and my direct manager said, you know I want to want us to be safe, but I want to make sure that like we have an opportunity to maybe meet in person because I know it can be hard. You're starting with a new organization. You don't know anyone. And then on top of that, you're starting at a time where we're not in the office and it's not the normal camaraderie that we would all have being together every single day. And to me, that meant a lot. And when I met him, he gave me like a welcome box and it had like, some swag for our organization, but I was like, Oh, this is really cool and Mm -hmm. awesome. And I'm feeling like the love already. And I think Mm -hmm. the fact that we do that for every person who starts the fact that we, um, when our consultants start, they're given welcome gifts. We try to do a couple of gifts a year for our consultants and we want them to be meaningful things. So this year, during Autism Awareness, the month in April, we did uh, Popcorn for the People for all of our consultants. And that's an organization that simply. Assembly- essentially works on creating career opportunities for the disabled community. So we had some consultants who, you know, afterwards, you know, reached out and said like, you know, I have a family member who's disabled and it's like awesome because I didn't know about this organization. And it's something that I will now talk about to other people because I didn't realize it existed. So for us, it's really understanding, like, what are the people that are, internally and externally a part of our curate family what's important to them what are they passionate about and then taking action on those so being able to during the holiday time last year we did gifts for families that were underprivileged and we are really trying to make sure that we give back to the community. So for us, if we know what our team's passionate about, we're definitely going to get behind that and work towards it. But I also just think caring in terms of like sometimes things happen within people's families and being able to know that you have a organization and company where you don't feel like you have to rush back to work, or you can take time to be with your family. That's so important, too, because I know there are a lot of people who work for organizations where they feel like there may be something that happens in their family and they can't prioritize their family because they may be nervous about losing their job or nervous about how that's going to impact their next promotion. And I can tell you that I don't, I'm 99.9% sure that there's no one in our organization who feels like that because they know that like you are important. Your family is important. Your friends are important. Whatever is important to you is important to us. And we want to make sure that you feel as comfortable as you can to be there for whatever your family may need. And I've had it firsthand. I had a family member earlier this year who fell ill and I called my manager and was like, I think I may have to get on a plane. And he was like, oh my gosh, do what you have to do. Don't worry about it. Like it's okay. And I felt that genuine feeling that he meant that Uh where I feel Uh like sometimes people feel like someone says that and then it's like you're still nervous Uh and I know that no one in this organization would ever feel that way because there is truly a level of care and compassion that comes from not only like I may have been I may have gone through what you're going through now but also like there's a level of empathy that is just real and true.
0: That's so great. Oh, my gosh. I know our listeners listening probably all want to come work work <laughs> at Curate Partners because you guys have created an amazing culture. And I, I think about when you said, you know, care and compassion, the first thing that came to mind is that me personally got a whole new level of care and compassion during the pandemic because it was a whole different world we had to understand when the dog was barking or the child ran into the room you know whereas before we were a lot stricter you know on the rules and so i love that people have become more uh, vulnerable and a little more authentic uh, because that's life. I mean, what can you do? We are all stuck in the same house trying to do the best we can. So I my empathy level really grew during the pandemic in this area. And I love the area that you talked about giving gifts because I'm very passionate about that as well because, you know, It just shows that you care. It doesn't matter how much the gift is. It doesn't matter what it is. It just shows that you care. And I think that's amazing.
1: No, and I definitely agree. It's just like, it's not always about, you know, like sometimes in life you think like the biggest, the like most money spent. And it's sometimes just showing that like the gift, like took thought. Mm-hmm. And like you actually thought about what you were giving. It wasn't just something like off the cuff. And I think mm-hmm. that when people see that, it does actually impact them a lot more than like something that might be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars.
0: Yeah, I was just watching a show. Um, It was actually start, up, start of Christmas shows on Hallmark. <laughs> and it was really interesting because this woman was uh, kind of like a personal shopper. And she ended up... um taking the assignment to buy gifts for this executive's um, friends and family, whatever. And one of the ones that he charged her with was his best friend. Every year they exchange gifts and they all both try to outdo each other. Like, you know, he got, got him a massage chair one year and they got <laughs> this um, this uh, electronic, you know, uh, smartwatch and all of these things. And she ended up... Thinking about that, and she went to get the smartwatch, and then she stopped and said, you know, I think I want to do something different. And she ended up getting a gift where the two of them could go to a game together and she put dinner together with it. And at first he was really thrown, thrown back from that <laughs> idea. He's like, no, we always out do each other. This is not going to do it. And as he thought about it, he loved the idea and his friend loved the idea. So that personalization and that thought that you're
1: talking about is much more important than the gift. And it's so funny that you say that because when, <laughs> when you when especially when you said like she got them a meal together. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we also do is we do weekly lunches, and nice. um we have everyone if they can come into the office on Thursdays. And um I know other organizations do that that provide free lunch. I think what makes us a, a little bit different is that we all eat lunch together. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter like how busy someone's day is like. That lunch hour, we all sit together and we talk about shows. We talk about life. We mm-hmm. I talked a couple of weeks ago about different salad dressings. And we like mm-hmm. had like five of us had a conversation about like all the different salad dressings. And I just think that it's you find a commonality with people that you may, maybe wouldn't find or things you maybe wouldn't talk about when you're just sitting at your desk. But when you're breaking bread, I feel like there is this idea of like walls coming down, commonalities are a lot easier to find. And you have these genuine, true conversations that you may not have otherwise. And so I think even with friends, I find that I have the best conversations with my friends when we're out to dinner or we're like going to have drinks before a show. And you just kind of can really like relax and have a good conversation. That's so great that just bringing people
0: together, that connection is so important. That's how you build your network, because you're here today. Tomorrow you could be somewhere else and you never forget how people make you feel. You know, that's so important. So I love that. Now, you're very passionate about building programs and opportunities to support people of all backgrounds so that they can achieve their career ambitions. So tell us more about that.
1: So I think um, one of the ones that really hit home for me in the past year is that um, Dress for Success had been given a grant and it was for a um, program called Empower. And what they were doing was they were working with schools that might have um, a demographic that's of individuals that are more underprivileged and what they were doing where they were building out these days where they had different companies coming in and talking about, you know, working in that career. They had um, people come in and talk about how to budget your money correctly and what's a want versus like a need and Mm -hmm. had, um, you know, organizations that donated so that they could get the proper clothes for interviews or things like that. And the cool thing is it was kids from ages 12 and up. So -hmm. you really got to talk to and impact a range of people. And, you know, for one of ours, we talked about kind of, UI and UX design and how, you know, you can take some of that creativity with things that you're doing, whether it be playing video games, or other activities, and how that might correlate to an opportunity of a career later on. But then we also talked about How do you update your LinkedIn and why it's important to start a LinkedIn at the at an early age and the do's and don'ts within interviewing and what you should wear. And it was really cool to see how we were able to impact kind of that future generation and how I remember being young and not really realizing how impactful uh, well, I should say when I was younger, technology is was not where it is today, mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. was no such thing as LinkedIn. But it is funny how now at in high school, you want to think about, like, are you updating your LinkedIn if you're a part of programs or you're volunteering? You want to put that on your LinkedIn now because it's going to help build your network. And you never know how someone that you're maybe in a program with now might impact your career 15 years from now after you've both graduated from college and started your career. So, I mean, that was a really cool program that we've been a part of. We also worked with an organization called Camp Harborview. And again, we're able to speak with their participants who are in high school and helping them with building out their resumes and even talking about what are some opportunities that they may have in the future. And our partner, um, our sister company, Curie Insights, actually has an engineering program in data and analytics, and they were actually able to hire someone who had been part of the Camp Harborview program in previous years. So, the full circle of actually going to a program, talking to individuals, and then actually being able to hire someone on. I think for us was really impactful, but also just makes us think about how many things in the future we'll be able to do because as we're able to see success with bringing people on, it allows us to be able to build out broader programs that will have a reach to a broader demographic of people.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that you're reaching out and really um, expanding your circle, expanding the things that you're doing, uh, broadening your programs and and opportunities, so you're reaching all different kinds of people. It's so so important and so valuable. So great job on that. So here's a tough question for you. <laughs> what are your thoughts on achieving work-life balance? Is there such a
1: thing? <laughs> I'm not sure if there is, if I'm being honest, (laughs) but (laughs) I think that it is like in any organization, I just think in life now, it's one of the hardest things to achieve. Mm -hmm. We live in a world where we're really all so accessible at any given time of the day or night. And it wasn't always that way. So I think it is a little bit hard to turn off now. And with that being said, Kind of achieving that work life balance, you're always thinking about, like, okay, am I going to miss something? Am I going to miss an email? You, even if you're on vacation, you still have access to your email, or I would Mm -hmm. say most people, I've Mm -hmm. always had my work email on my phone, but I do know some people who don't. And I think it Mm -hmm. makes it a little bit easier to disconnect. But for me, I know if I've gone on vacation, a lot of times, unless I literally don't have a Wi-Fi connection, I'm still looking Mm -hmm. at my email almost every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the cool thing about working with Curate Partners is that The founders in starting this company, their goal was to achieve that balance. And I really feel like they lead by example, and it makes it really comfortable for others to take time for themselves and their families. And I think when anyone joins our team, we really try to stress the importance of taking time for your family, friends, whoever and whatever is important to you. Um, And I think with that being said, as an organization, we do have unlimited PTO. I think that a lot of companies are doing that now. But I also think that within doing that, a lot of people, you know, sometimes are taking less time off than when they actually had three weeks of vacation and were forced to take it because they're like, oh, like, I don't I. It's, it's very easy to work now, especially when you're working remote and when, or even hybrid, because you start your day at the same time you would have normally. And sometimes, you know, depending on what your life is, it might be seven, eight o'clock at night. And you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how late it was. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes that balance comes when you have other people around you who are like, Hey, like, It's time to do this, or we gotta, you know, make dinner, or we have to do whatever's important in your life. But I think that for us, we do stress like you, a lot of people in our organization, they coach sports for their kids, or they're involved in other activities, and they feel comfortable taking that time to do what's gonna be important to them. But I also think it's healthy. Like if you don't kind of take that time away sometimes it the stress level that you can build up is it's not healthy and it sometimes is like uncomfortable for everyone around you so i think for us it's really looking at our founders who truly live the words that they say and are taking the action to show that it's important to take time for yourself it's important to take time for your family but i think where we've kind of really made sure that this is going to happen is we a year ago kicked off our anniversary program and we have milestones now where at you know five years of service you are awarded uh, a certain amount of money towards a vacation and mm-hmm. that money is to be used for vacation you can't just like take it and do something else it's like whether you plan it and you expense it or you tell us what you want to do and we give you the money, it's like you're forced to take that time for yourself. But I don't That's... think a lot of organizations are doing that. Nope. So yeah. when we talk about like actionable, I think, again, this company is one that takes action. It's really living what you say and breathing it. And we also in 2023 are going to be kicking off our um club curate as we call it and it's for those who achieve um either numbers from a production standpoint or you know go the extra mile in what their role is that they're going to be awarded a vacation that they'll be able to go with all the founders and then bring a Uh, plus one whether it be a significant other or a family member but who whoever you want Mm -hmm. and I know of companies who had this program and do it but sometimes it's been like you can only bring a significant other or you can only bring in for us again it's like bring whoever you want because this is your time because you've Mm -hmm. earned it so I think we really try to not only speak about work-life balance, but really show the ways that we're perpetuating it to actually happen for people. That's amazing.
0: So how do you shut down? What do you do to really get that balance? Do you have some practices that you practice or do you just kind of let it blend with your day?
1: I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I let it blend with my day, but I do. Um, I belong to Broadway in Boston. So um, every, I think it's six shows a year I have, and used to do it on Sunday matinees, but I feel like everyone's schedule, I go with three of my friends and everyone's schedule can get a little crazy sometimes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it might be like this past week I went to see Hairspray and it was a Thursday evening. So Mm -hmm. I was in the office and then from the office I went and I met my friends for dinner and went to a show and it was great. And Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, other people are on bowling leagues or they're on volleyball leagues. Mm So people had those ways of like kind of almost forcing yourself to like, you got to shut it down some days. Um, I think even as a company, there are days when we're all in the office and it's, you know, 4, 4.30 and it's like, let's all go, you know, someplace together and do something as a team. Uh-huh. So I think that balance is there. And for me, in achieving kind of that work-life balance, one of the things that I like didn't do as a child that I always wanted to do as an adult is travel. So I mm-hmm. do travel a lot and I... I'm very fortunate to work for an organization that allows me to do that. Um, I try to leave the country at least twice a year. So nice. Nice. I, I um I have a company where I feel like I can do that and I don't and I feel like they support me in doing that. And they're always like, What'd you do? What'd you see? And it's like very exciting. But I also think that it's like really important just to like sometimes go for a walk or like do something that's going to like take your mind off. And we just as an organization did um, a 30 day challenge where we all tried to do something new for 30 days. And so mine was like to get out and do a 30 minute walk for a day. There were some for people in our organization where it was like, read a book a night to your child and other people worked on yoga and some people started journaling, but it was all those things that kind of like maybe create a little bit more balance in your life because you realize as crazy as the day may be you can take 30 minutes to do something, or you can take 45 minutes to do something, or you can take that moment to take a breath that you don't normally think you have the ability to do. That's
0: great. I love that. Um, I'm very, very curious and if you can share any best practices around the unlimited PTO, because I've heard a couple companies telling me that. I just can't fathom because I'm old and I don't know how that works. Like, are you ever worried about people taking too
1: much or that never happens? I'm just curious. I think that for us, really, it's like you, as long as you're doing your job and getting your job done, you know what you're capable of and what you may not, what might make you not sufficient in doing your job. So I think for us, it's if we felt like someone were like taking advantage or not getting their job done, it would definitely be a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Knock on wood, unfortunately, it hasn't been one that like we've ever had to have. But I Mm -hmm. think that again, with the type of organization that we are, there would be, you know, like we'd have an open dialogue of questions. It wouldn't just be like, okay, this isn't working anymore. It would be, you know, because I feel sometimes, if someone's taking advantage of something is it that like is there something going on that maybe they're not talking about mm-hmm. so really kind of i think for us it would always be like getting to the root of the problem and then creating a plan from there um what i will say as an organization is we're not people who act hastily we mm-hmm. kind of like want to talk through and think through and figure I things out and then come up with a solution. Um, And I think that that's why we, as an organization, have the retention levels that we do, because it's not, it's always looking at, okay, what can we do to make sure that like, we're giving someone the best shot and the best opportunity? And how do we work together if they want to be here to make sure that they're going to stay here and be a part of the Curate family? Yeah, no, that's amazing.
0: When you treat people well, they treat you well. It goes back and forth, right? I mean, it's just what goes around comes around. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so you you touched on this, and I was so excited to hear you say this that you love to travel because I love to travel, and this is kind of a selfish question because it gives me a list of places I want to go from your eyes. <laughs> so, uh, Natasha, where is the first where is the most favorite place that you've traveled to, and
1: why? Oh gosh, that's hard. And it doesn't and have to be one. You know, you might have <laughs> I was a couple. Gonna say, I'm <laughs> gonna say it's hard, and I and I laugh because I live in the north end of Boston. It's the Little Italy, and people will say, "What's your favorite restaurant?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Well, what are you in the mood for?" Because I can tell you, my favorite restaurant. For, like, mm-hmm. a lobster ravioli or a bolognese mm-hmm. or this. But, like, I couldn't just say one is my favorite because right. there's right. so many. So mm-hmm. I think when I think about, like, some of my favorites, I just went to Italy this past May and that was everything I could have dreamed of and more. Mm -hmm. Like I I was supposed to go in April of 2020. Mm -hmm. Obviously that didn't happen. So it was kind of two years in the making. And Mm -hmm. my two girlfriends that I went with, they both were like, we hope this lives up to it because we've been dreaming about it. And I was kind of like, well, I kind of haven't really been dreaming about it. Like I know it's supposed to be great, but Mm -hmm. I'll just see when I get there. And it exceeded my expectations. I think I came back and said to everyone, it's like, I mean, I still, I need, to, I want to go back because there's so many other parts I want to see, but it was just like so crazy to just see the beauty and the food and the people. Everything was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I loved, loved yeah. Santiago, Chile. I did, of course, that right up the Andes there, and that's something that I probably will never again do in my life, but it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Um, Sweden was great London I mean I there's I I feel like I haven't traveled any place and been like oh that place wasn't great at all so I recently went to Iceland and I feel like it's one of those places that I want to go back to because there's just so much to see there and I'm not necessarily like a true nature person but it's just so beautiful and it's so there's so much to see and do that it's someplace that I would absolutely want to go back to again just to like experience some of the things I didn't experience when I was there I know I'm always torn with that because I love it so much and then I think okay I want to come
0: back but then there's so many other places on my list that I can't come back to a second time yet. (laughs) Maybe in time I can do it, but yeah, that's amazing. And I think the whole culture, the atmosphere, the people you're with, all of that makes the trip. It's not just any one thing, you know? It's it's a lot of things that influence that trip and make it better and
1: better. Don't you agree? I absolutely agree. And that's uh, the great part is a lot of, Vacations I've gone on with like different groups of friends or like some people have been consistent and we've gone with other groups of friends. But I think that like it really is not only the culture and the places you go, but the people you go with and just Mm -hmm. experiencing something through someone else's eyes sometimes can be so eye-opening because the way I see something and the way someone else sees it is always going to be a little bit different. So mm-hmm. getting that different perspective from someone else that you're traveling with, I think is, you know, there's like not really words for it. And that's like the really cool thing. Cause I, I, I feel the same way in terms of like, I always say like, oh, like, I'd love to go back, but I'm like, there's like this whole world and I want to see so much of it that it's like, and I also don't have like unlimited funds. So I have to be Mm -hmm. like somewhat realistic on where I can go. But I mean, I, I always say if I won the lottery, I would still work because I love my job and I love working, but I would, there'd also be some like great places that I would want to go see. Mm -hmm because maybe like money would be unlimited but yeah. I like I think that for me I what I realize is I love my job and I love the people I work with and like that's something that not everyone is fortunate enough to have so for mm-hmm. me I always go I could win the lottery but I'd still work because like I actually <laughs> like what I do and I like the people mm-hmm. I work with but I definitely would take some more time and travel.
0: <laughs> right, right. And go to more exotic places and <laughs> and do more tours and you know, private tours and those types of things right. that money can buy. Yeah, yep, that's great. I love that. Um, I I love your energy. I love our conversation. We've had such a great conversation. Natasha, thank you. It's been an honor having you on the show um i'd hope to you know have you back again at some point and tell us new things that you're working on but your uh procedures and and things that you've put in place for inclusion and uh different mindsets and different thought processes is definitely going to pay off you know on the bottom line even though people don't think about that they think of profit first you think of people first and i think that makes the difference of why your company is so successful and will continue to have success because people before profit is really really important to think about and
1: um so at in closing can you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you um. Sure. Um. I'm. You can find me on LinkedIn. And um, if you can't find me directly, if you go to Curate Partners and you can look at those associated with Curate Partners, you can find me that way. You can also reach me via email at Thomas at CuratePartners.com. I'm always interested in expanding my network and just really meeting new and different people because I think that that's really what makes the world go round. And I've met so many people already that not only have expanded my network, but have expanded my ability to think outside of the box and to incorporate some things that other people are doing. So I always love to be able to share my ideas, but really be able to hear other people's ideas. Because I, as I said earlier, I love to learn, but I also just love people.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. And like I said, it was an honor to have you on the show. Such a pleasure. I know our audiences are going to love hearing your story and the the work that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. And I I have to be honest, I get I was like a little bit nervous, but you made me feel very comfortable. (laughs) And so it's been such a great conversation with you.
0: You, you've been so articulate and so um, concise about your answers and all the things that you're doing. So we really, really appreciate you.
1: Thank you. Have a great afternoon. And to all your listeners, have a great week and hopefully upcoming holiday if you hear this before the holidays. That's right. That's right. Thank you again.
0: Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week.
1: From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.